Hey mama, welcome to the Mom Walk Collective podcast. I'm Ari. Today we are missing out on Jamie because she is in the process of sleep training Mr. Lincoln. However, today we have Alexis, our Eagle Idaho ambassador, and she is a mother of two. And today we're going to dive into the story of her um, losing her son. And so this is a heavier topic. And so if this episode is going to trigger anything, we just want to make sure we give you a a fair warning that we're going to dive into that. And Alexis, we are so excited for you to share your story because we know how impactful it is going to be for moms in similar situations. Um, So Alexis, can you share a little bit about you? Are you married? Have you always been from Idaho? Um, Just give us a little bit of background before we dive into your story. Um, Yeah, I... Uh, sorry. <laughs> I am married to uh, my high school sweetheart. Um, we've been together for going to be nine years in April. Um, I met him when I was 14 and he was 15. Um, so we've kind of grown up together. We've just done life together. Um, of course, being with your high school sweetheart comes with like all the drama of high school. People are like, you are not going to make it. You guys are not going to make it. But we just always knew I think he was like just my person and I he better say the same about me um (laughs) but um and so yeah we have uh what else I am not originally from Idaho I was born and raised in Orange County and then Las Vegas area and then when I was starting high school um my parents were like why don't we move to Idaho and I was like I don't even know where that is (laughs) I was really 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 mad um I like cried about it and when you're 14 things are a lot bigger of a deal than Mm -hmm. they actually are and so for me that was like the end of my world and then um yeah we moved to Coeur d'Alene Idaho which is about eight hours north of like Eagle or the Boise area and it's a lot colder significantly colder um so I like it we were in Boise where it's like high desert but um yeah we moved down to Boise the Boise area about three or four years ago um after my husband and I graduated college and yeah and then we have two little boys we have our older son uh he is going to be four in May um and then we have yeah he's he's wild he's at the three major stage and I'm <laughs> I always tell people when they ask me how I feel and I just say scared scared and humbled <laughs> humbled very humbled all the time <laughs> um and then we have our second son who passed away in July of last year um after his birth so that's a little about me well thank you for sharing like I said I know that this is not easy to talk about, but I also know that you feel passionate about sharing this and not staying silent about what happened and just making space for moms that have experienced something similar that know that they can come to you as a resource, as somebody who's walked through it rather than experiencing it alone. And so um, I know you want to jump in when he was born. So can you kind of walk us through that day? Um, what that looked like leading up into it and then that day that everything happened yeah so I woke up 
the morning of July 28th, I um, was 20 weeks and two days. And I had really bad, not really bad cramping. It just, it was uncomfortable. But up until that point in pregnancy, it was pretty much just really uncomfortable. So it wasn't something new. But uh, I just went ahead and I called my OB. She told me to go into triage. They ran like every test possible and they assured me that I was not in labor. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, if you've done everything you can do. And then they had reasonable explanations for what was going on. And so I was like, okay, well, um, they're like, we're just going to monitor for you in, for an hour and then you're free to go home. Um, so in that time, they just said like, nothing's happening. You're not having contractions. You are completely good. Like your cervix is the most closed we've ever seen a cervix. Like you are completely fine. Your blood earth doesn't show anything. And so I went into my OB that day about 3 p.m. Uh, with the same pain. They just said it was probably really bad sciatica, which I, it was, this was my second pregnancy. And so uh, it, I don't know, it was pretty normal all the way throughout. I had to like already start wearing like hip bands and braces for that. And they're like, it could just be a UTI. Like, this has just been a crazy pregnancy. Like, I was in there, like, every other week. I was, wow. like, scared out of my mind. Like, it was just a lot different than my first one. Mm-hmm. And I already knew that I had PTSD from my first one. And then I've just had anxiety my whole life. So I would just call my OB. She'd say, come in. Let's, let's do, like, let's do the Doppler. Let's check for heart sounds. So we did that. They're like, everything's fine. The movement's like literally amazing. Movement would go down if you were in labor. And so I was like, okay. Um, but at like 6 p.m. that night, I just, I knew something was not right. And I just like could not explain it. And so um, I just told my husband and we just went to the hospital. And on the way there, I already knew like, I was already kind of like processing what was going to happen. I already, um, sorry, I already knew that like whatever was done was done. Um, and so I kind of had to like tell my husband, I was like, we're going to walk into this and we're going to, sorry, <laughs> we're going to walk out of the hospital like completely different people. Like there's no coming back from this. Like they can't do anything at this point. Um, and it like broke my heart um, because I think he just knew, like, I was not kidding. Like, I, I know that with my anxiety, like, I had times where I was really dramatic, but I knew this was the time that I just knew. Um, so he went to the hospital and the same nurse that I saw that morning, like, came in and she's like, what's going on? And I was like, like something's not right like I know like you don't even have to say it I know you should just take me into labor and delivery and call the 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 attendee like I know what's gonna happen I know I'm gonna have to give birth and I know he's not gonna survive um and that was like it was so hard but I knew that like I just knew that I had to prepare myself mentally for that and so um yeah just went into the labor and delivery room and 
doctor came in, said everything that I knew was happening. And within like, I think uh, five minutes, I, I delivered our second and um, it was it was very, very silent in the room. I don't think anyone in that room had ever seen anything like that. And um, this the silence, it was, uh, that's a really big part of like the trauma that I have is with silence. I hate sitting in silence now, but um, mm. basically I just delivered and they just put him in our arms and, you know, they were, they were all really surprised. They're like, he's alive. Like he's alive. He has a heartbeat. And like, um, when they put him on my chest, like I saw him like reach for me, he kind of like put his arms like that on me. Um, and then I saw him, he just like opened his mouth and he made the like tiniest little coup. Mm. And then, yeah, from then after I delivered, I kind of just, uh, we just spent time with him and they would check every once in a while to see if he still had a heart rate. Cause when a baby's born at 20, 20 weeks and two days, it's just not at a viability point. There's nothing they can do. Um, and that's something I also already knew before I walked into that delivery room is I knew that like they, they weren't going to be able to do anything. Um, and was, I kind of just. Was your feeling walking into the hospital, was that a level of intuition or was there, and I know we don't want to talk a ton about your pregnancy. And so I, I'm being mindful of that, but mm-hmm. were there signs leading up towards this, that that's how you could prepare yourself? Or was this truly just an intuition you had going in that this was going to be your yeah. scenario? Um, I think a little, little bit of both. Uh, my first pregnancy was completely fine, but I just, I have very, very chronic anxiety. So I've never had a pregnancy where even the first one was normal. And I was like, this is like, this is all normal, but I'm having like crazy like thoughts up here. I'm thinking what is the worst possible scenario that can happen? Um, going into my second, it was just, re- I was on a form of birth control and that's why immediately I was put on high risk mm-hmm. for that pregnancy. And so we always knew that was a possibility, but after 13 weeks, that's when like the risky time is over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so look, like I just, I knew in a sense. And then I also was just like prepared for that already, I think. Okay. Okay. So you're in the hospital, you're holding him on your chest. I'm sure your husband was holding him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you said they were checking in on you. What were the emotions going through you as you were holding him when I, it seemed like you never thought you would be able to hold him alive or even the, 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 um, the nursing staff didn't think that that was going to be possible. Um, I think I was just trying to take every moment in, I knew like, as soon as I put him on my chest, I said, there's only amount of time until he passes one there's only amount of time until he passes away and then two until I have to say goodbye I can't stay there forever um so I was just like trying to remember everything that I could and just like uh just surrounding him with love and letting him know like how 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 much love we have for him and like just really like 
talking to him and um but also like uh like sobbing like it's just like it's two things all at once it's like happy that he's there and it's like already like like pre-anticipating the loss of like all my dreams and like uh, a future if that makes sense so it's kind of just like a mix of both yeah yeah absolutely and did you guys have a name chosen for him yeah we do have a name I I think for my my husband did ask but I just keep that private um we're really just private people and uh yeah we just we share the name with a lot of friends and stuff like that but um yeah we did have a name we picked out a name as soon as we found out he was a boy we sat down on the couch it was uh one of my favorite moments of pregnancy we just I was reading names I will say I will say this other name that my husband like he's okay with me sharing this name I knew that it was a boy before I think but I really wanted to be a boy mom I was like I only want boys and so I was like I told my husband I was like I think it's a boy and he was like oh you're just saying that and I was like I just feel it I feel it and so I really really always loved the name Henry and then we didn't know if we were gonna have a second but when um when we found out and then kind of just thinking on names I was like I really love the name Henry can you do the name Henry and he my husband was like no he's like I hated this boy in school named Henry no <laughs> and you just don't realize how many people in your life like annoyed you until you're trying to name your child um and then I was just reading through the list of names and I said one and my husband looked over at me like this and then I was like did you like that one? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I didn't think you would. And it was just bam. And then the middle name was already set. I always knew that I wanted that to be the middle name we chose to be that middle name. Um, so it was very in the moment. We literally got called with the blood results uh, and they told us and then that night we had a name and wow. yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, okay. I want to honor you and honor your son. And so is there anything part of your journey afterwards that you want to share? Um, Like, how are you doing? How are you processing things? And so whatever you want to share, I want to leave this episode open for you. Yeah. Um, I would say the first day coming home was the roughest. Um, it it just didn't feel real. I even like woke up that next day and I like touched my stomach. I was still like, I just could not really believe that that had happened. Um, and that's kind of like, I, I don't want to say that's when reality set in because different parts of reality set in at different times. So that's when one reality set in and then it was just different stages of reality. And so the first week was the hardest I don't think I got out of bed um and I just allowed my well I did get out of the bed because before you leave the hospital in a situation like that like there has to be like psychiatrists that come in and clinical workers and they're like if you don't go to this therapy appointment after your appointment like people are going to show up at your house and they're going to have to do a wellness check and 
I just was like, okay, like, I don't want people gawking at my life. I don't want people gawking coming into our house. Like, and so I like went to that appointment and yeah, other than that, the first week was just in bed and um, doing that. And then um, I think around two or three weeks, the second week I moved out of my bed to the living room and that was kind of just the big step. And um, all the while, like still having to parent our three-year-old and that's really hard. Like, I think he was the most excited to have a brother and like he came up with a little nickname for him. And we were gonna tell people he was a boy till he was born. And our our three-year-old just kind of told everyone and anyone, he was just really excited. He was really happy and um, just not being able to explain that to him was really hard um, because you don't want your like three-year-old going to preschool and be like, oh, my brother died. Like, you don't want him to do that. You don't want people looking in further at your life and um so then from there I just started giving myself grace and following people that I knew that had experience loss and from there um I don't know my firstborn really just I just like three weeks after everything um I just kind of sat down and I like talked to myself and I was like I can either let this change me forever for the better or for the good so I can either be bitter the rest of my life and be angry at everyone or I can make meaning of this and I can be a different person not the same person just a different person and my three-year-old just really helped me realize that because I was like I don't want my three-year-old growing up saying that he had a mom that all she did was sit around and cry and I was like I don't want him to tell people and I don't want him to ever have to deal with the trauma of like growing up with a broken mother and from there that was like my biggest pushing point and I've encountered a lot since then of people that have given me so much grace and love and then on the other hand people that have said things to be nice that are very very ignorant and hurtful but um just like processing those as well and being like you know what I know they meant the best and I'm not going to move forward with this negative negativity and just kind of going from there and letting myself be truthful to myself and really seeing every negative emotion I felt about myself it really it really just yeah it changed me and I'm not gonna say necessarily for the better because I of course would rather have my son here but it just changes you in a way that you don't ask for and you don't expect but it just does yeah yeah thank you for sharing that um I have two thoughts or two questions for you Mm-hmm. And you can choose to answer both. You can choose to just answer one. You let me know what you want to do. Um, but one question is, how? what would you say to moms experiencing something similar as you um, as a word of encouragement or um, words that you wanted to hear when you were freshly, like freshly lost your son? Um, or we can and or let me put that put it that way 
what are things that you feel like people say with good intentions but are actually hurtful for you? Um, because I think so many of us can find um, loss to be uncomfortable and then mm-hmm. people don't realize what to say. <laughs> and so rather than just staying quiet, they'll say something and you're like, that was worse than you just staying quiet. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to answer both, awesome. If you want to just focus on one, we can do that as well. Yeah. Okay. First question. Um, the first thing that I just want to say to any mom that maybe especially going through this, or maybe they're not, maybe they've been through this for a while, but they haven't felt like they've felt seen or heard. Um, I just want to say like your perspective on your birth story and the loss of your child are allowed to change and evolve. When mm-hmm. I first went through it that was the worst day of my life and I just didn't want to think about it and it's not that I didn't want to think about my son I just literally couldn't relive that trauma and it was it was just like literally the worst thing a person has to go through but then as time's gone on yesterday I actually sat down and I just looked at things like a different way um when you your child is born not alive or if your child is born and then dies quickly after um I literally just forgot my thought hold on oh uh in moments of that I just told myself it's kind of weird because babies that are born like that they're not I don't how do I say this um babies that are born like that have never known anything other than pure unconditional love and in this world like so many cruel things happen so many good people but babies that are born like that have never had to go through that they've never had to go through any sort of pain ever and that's something that I think about a lot all they ever knew was like literally pure love and not everyone can say that and I think if you're freshly listening to this, obviously, if, you're, if your baby just passed away, you, you're you not feeling that. And I get that. And I see that. And I hear that. And I validate your feelings. It sucks. And it will always suck. It will always suck. It will always suck. <laughs> and But if if you feel like one day you wake up and you're like, I'm at peace with this, like, that's okay. And I think as moms, when you're when your children die, you, I think, are really hard on yourself because you're like, what do all these people think of me? Am I doing the right thing? And there's no good answer for that. However you want to honor your child, however little or however much you want to talk about them is completely fine. And that can evolve over time, too. I know that right after labor, I uh, my first therapy appointment, I think, was three or four days after the loss and I think all I did is sob in that room and that lady just watched me sob and (laughs) it was so uncomfortable and I get why hospitals make you set those I get that because a lot of people don't survive this they don't survive child loss and I think that's another one thing that I just to wrap up this first question is when you talk about losing your children a lot of people do feel that as uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, but um, it's beautiful because you're also talking about how you survived. 
the unthinkable. You've survived something that no one ever wants to go through. That's everyone's worst nightmare. People will literally say, and I'll get into this in the second question, but things that make you feel invalidated, mm. but you literally survived. You were survived and you were forced to be a fighter when you didn't ask to be a fighter and you didn't ask to be thrown in this ugly pit and somehow you've come out of it and you're going to be changed. You're going to be changed forever, but you're not going to be the same person and that's okay. And I think you just got to release that. It's okay to not be the same woman that you were or maybe a dad listening to this lost dad it's, it's okay to not be the same father or dad that you were but your children are always your children that's incredible thank you I know that yeah. that is definitely going to be powerful for moms to hear yeah um and then yeah second question um for everyone that needs this, a refresh. Yeah, let's call this. Uh, okay, things, let's call this things not to say to a lost mom. And let's try to never, never, never say these things. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, one, uh, I just empower all the ambassadors listening to this on your walks. If you could just please change your language to how many children do you have? Instead of, let's, instead of saying that, let's say, tell me about your children because asking how many children a person has can be really triggering if a mom's lost their baby um and so if you're asking can you tell me about your children that leaves it open to all of them and if they want to share those details with you then they will and if they don't they don't but at the end of the day it's hurtful to put a lost mom in that situation because she has to decide whether or not to be honest to preserve that person's feelings and comfort or to make herself feel bad at the end of the day for lying. Um, and that's something I've released myself on too, just knowing that you can give whatever answer you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, let's see, a big one, uh, saying everything happens for a reason. Mm. Um, if anyone ever said that to me, uh, someone has said that to me and it was when I was getting literally my lip fillers done and I walked out of that appointment half filled and I went to someone else and <laughs> um, I paid and I left um, but a big reason that's a trigger is because obviously like what what would what would justify that loss what would what what makes sense about that I don't I understand that people say these things to help you heal but realistically, you don't heal from losing a child. You learn to carry the grief and you carry it well or you carry it as best as you can. Yeah. And you can't, yeah, don't, there's no reason for it. And you know what, it, it's okay. It's okay that those things, things happen and well, they're not okay, but it's not okay to try to justify that in someone's mind when they're going through that. Yeah. And then, um. I think everyone knows that like, no, maybe they don't know, but if you start a sentence with at least blank, mm. that's not okay. Um, yeah. So um, I've gotten really just hurtful things about that and I'm not going to like shout out the person. I would never do that. <laughs> but an example, someone's like, um, you know, every they said literally in one sentence, at least everything happens for a reason, you know? because uh 
they're yeah, like you can fill in the blank yeah. with a lot of different things for that at least it's... yeah it's bad it's bad yeah. and it's not it's invalidating and it's hurtful and it's not okay um but I think my last one is not one actually that people I think know really well but if you say I if a mom's telling you her story if she's literally putting that out there for you and sharing her story and then you respond with oh I can't even imagine that's not okay that's not okay and I understand where people are coming from because like they're trying to help they don't know what to say it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. I get it it's uncomfortable and you know they're like well better I say this than anything at all nothing at all but um that's just it's a well-meaning they're coming from a well-meaning place but the thing that you're pretending you can't even imagine is something that people that have lost lost children walk through every single day I Mm -hmm. literally walk through that every day every single day of my life and I will walk through that every day until I die and so the thing the thing that I always say when people say that to me I say you can't or you won't and I say that pretty feisty now because I just know no one's going to advocate for me other than me. And mm-hmm. if I could literally teach someone what not to say, then the next person that they come across like this that has lost children, they're not going to say that to them. And like, that's just not okay to say because it's just incredibly invalidating as a person when you're having to walk through literally that trauma every day don't say don't say that <laughs> um yeah. and I I say that lightheartedly but I I have been said these things and the first time you hear them like you just break down and I've just learned that people are, are well-meaning they really are but it's just not okay um yeah thank you yeah. for sharing those because I think again like you just said people are well-meaning And sometimes they just don't think before they say things Mm -hmm. and they don't realize the impact that those words have that maybe you don't cry right away, but you maybe walk home or like, you know, walk into your home and you just break down and it's like words that repeat in your head over and over again. And unfortunately, when you're in whatever type of situation that people have common responses to, um, they are so triggering. Yeah. even just from a completely opposite side of the coin, when people see me walking with my twins, the amount of comments that you get consistently is just insane. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, why are we spreading negativity? Let's spread positivity. Like, mm-hmm. so it is nowhere near the situation that you are, but I, I understand from that perspective that we need to work as a society to really think before we say some things, especially when people have experienced trauma and unfortunately I don't think that we're, we're aware of things that can trigger people. So thank you for sharing those. Thank you for sharing your story about your son. Um, Okay. Alexis, can you share your personal and your mom walk Instagram account? So that way moms can reach out to you. Yeah. My mom walk one is just the mom walk co dot Eagle, or you can also, I also do the mom walk co dot Boise. Um, and then my personal, I'm just going to spell it out because my middle name and first name are spelled weird, but it's a L E X U S J E E N 
Um, that's just both on Instagram. I'm only on Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, those are mine. <laughs> Thank you. And so if you guys are in the Eagle Boise area, check out her walks. Um, if you are not in the Eagle or Boise area, go to our website, themomwantcollective.com. We have a walk finder. Type in your zip code. Find a walk near you. If we don't have a walk near you and you'd like to start a walk in your area, go to our ambassador page. You can apply to become an ambassador. And on the first of every month, we'll reach out to any applicants that applied the previous month. So thank you, mamas, for listening. Um, Again, if you have a similar story to Alexis, um, she is available for you to reach out to. I know it's in her heart to really connect moms um, under similar circumstances. And so we love you so much. We love you, Alexis. Thank you. And we will talk soon. Love you, mama.